PTJ is the bottom line. Bottom lines translate the findings of selected research articles for application to clinical practice. Bottom lines are not intended to substitute for a critical reading of the original articles. Bottom lines for Volume 88, August 2008, were written by Dr. Eric Robertson. Our first bottom line summarizes functional outcomes and quality of life after tumor-related hemipelvectomy by Beck L.A., Einertsen M.J., Weinmiller M.H. et al. This study examined functional outcomes, including residual bowel and bladder function and quality of life after hemipelvectomy. Hemipelvectomy is a life-altering treatment for the management of pelvic malignancies. Evidence comparing functional outcomes between two different forms of hemipelvectomy is limited. The differences in outcomes between internal hemipelvectomy, where the limb is retained, and external hemipelvectomy, where the limb is amputated, were examined. Studied were 97 adult patients who underwent hemipelvectomy secondary to tumor resection between 1988 and 2004 in a large Midwestern hospital. In this retrospective chart review, subjects were excluded if death occurred during the initial hospitalization. What new information does this study offer? Functional outcomes at hospital discharge and follow-up and quality of life at follow-up were similar between subjects receiving internal and external hemipelvectomy. Subjects with external hemipelvectomy were less independent in bowel and bladder function and reported greater pain severity, primarily phantom limb pain, at follow-up compared with those with internal hemipelvectomy. Retrospective patient data were obtained for all eligible subjects. A follow-up survey was administered to obtain current functional status. Using various tests, researchers gathered information about functional abilities, quality of life, pain, length of hospitalization, and mobility. Descriptive statistics were used to analyze the data. How might these results be applied to physical therapist practice? This study indicates that functional outcomes in patients with internal and external hemipavectomy are similar. The description of residual function and quality of life for the two cohorts is useful to guide both patient and physical therapist expectations in cases of hemipelvectomy. Limitations of this study include the data collection errors that are inherent in retrospective chart review and the fact that the validity of the modified version of the Bartel Index and of the linear analog self-assessment tool has not been firmly established. In addition, within-cohort variability might have existed in the internal hemipelvectomy group depending on the specifics of each surgical procedure, such as nerve compromise and amount of limb or muscle spared. Our next bottom line summarizes changes in functional walking distance and health-related quality of life after gastric bypass surgery by Tompkins J. Bosch PR, Chenoweth R. et al. This study explores outcomes following gastric bypass surgery, or GBS. The researchers were interested in functional mobility and health-related quality of life and the relationship between the two measures following GBS. Current evidence suggests that changes in health following GBS may result in an improved health-related quality of life, but no investigations into early changes in physical function following GBS have previously been performed. 25 subjects undergoing GBS completed the study. 
These subjects were required to have a minimum body mass index of 35, severe obesity. People were excluded from the investigation if they had uncontrolled medical conditions, were unable to walk, or were pregnant. What new information does this study offer? Following GBS, subjects increased the distance they covered during the six-minute walk test, ratings of perceived exertion decreased, and health-related quality of life improved significantly. Distance was inversely correlated to body mass throughout the study and positively correlated with improvements on the SF36 physical component summary. At six months, walking distances remained at 75% of normative values. The researchers measured body mass index, health-related quality of life using the SF36, functional walking distance using the six-minute walk test, and ratings of perceived exertion using a standardized rating of perceived exertion scale, the BORG. These outcomes were assessed at baseline before GBS and at three months and at six months following GBS. Data analysis examined the relationships among the outcome measures. How might these results be applied to physical therapist practice? Patients undergoing GBS have a wide array of health effects. This study provides data that suggest patients also might experience improved functional mobility following GBS. This increase in functional mobility was associated with improved health-related quality of life. Limitations. The amount of exercise performed by subjects was not monitored and could have altered the results. Other limitations include the small sample size and the fact that all patients were treated by one surgeon. Further research is required to determine whether patient-specific interventions can enhance the improvements in functional mobility and health-related quality of life observed in this study. Our last bottom line summarizes direct access to physical therapy in the Netherlands results from the first year in community-based physical therapy by Lemrige C.J. Swinkles I.C.S. Wienhoff C. Support for direct access has been based on proposed benefits to patients, physical therapists, and physicians. Direct access to physical therapy was instituted in the Netherlands in 2006. The purpose of this study was to investigate direct access in terms of patient access, demographics, and utilization of physical therapy services during the first year of implementation in the Netherlands. Participants were 43 non-specialized private physical therapy practices, including 93 physical therapists, estimated to be representative of the Dutch population practicing physical therapists. What new information does this study offer? A large specific group of patients utilize direct access, though increased overall patient utilization of physical therapy services did not occur. The group of patients who use direct access were generally higher educated and younger had problems lasting less than one month in duration, had recurrent problems, or had received physical therapy before, non-further specified back problems, and non-specific neck complaints were the most common reasons for patients to use direct access. Finally, patients with direct access received fewer treatment sessions than patients referred by a physician. Data from a national database of physical therapists were examined and information on type of referral, patient demographics, reason for discharge, and details of the course of therapy was collected. A regression analysis was used to determine differences between patients seeking physical therapy via direct access and patients seeking physical therapy via physician referral. 
The researchers performed a comparison of 2005 and 2006 outcomes and discharged data. How might the results be applied to physical therapist practice? The type of patients who use direct access might have a different demographic profile than patients who are referred from physicians. This study supports the notion that direct access to physical therapy does not increase overall patient utilization of physical therapy services. Limitations. The manner in which direct access alters physical therapy utilization may be different in countries other than the Netherlands, especially when insurance reimbursement for direct access is not provided. In addition, incomplete data may have altered the results. Future research should further examine the consequences of direct access, including cost-effectiveness, quality of care, and communication between physical therapists and physicians.